Welcome. Welcome back again. Welcome to another exciting episode of Carving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki, and I'm a director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and I'm ready to present it for the first time in the world. But before I present my film, I thought it would be a great idea to introduce basic concept of Buddhism and the history of Buddhism, so that when you guys finally watch my documentary, you guys can watch it at the maximum value. So without further ado, uh, I would like to introduce uh, our new scholar, uh, Frederick Hewitt. Welcome, Hewitt. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yuji. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Frederick, so in case, uh, you know, for the people who don't know anything about you, so please introduce yourself. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Frederick Hewitt, as just introduced, and I uh, lived in Japan for two years. Um, I live in California now, but I uh, studied at in Tokyo at Hitotsubashi University, international law. I did six months of an internship at the U.S. Embassy in Tokyo, uh, working on youth exchange programs through the Tomodachi Initiative. Um, and now I'm working at a nonprofit um, centered on education of Japanese culture. Great, great, great. So the Japanese Friendship Garden, right? Yes, the Japanese Friendship Garden, correct. Great, great. So, and you uh, tell us a little bit about your passion for uh, Buddhism, and you studied Buddhism uh, for a long time, uh, along with uh, studying laws and uh, studying at university and all that. Yeah. So, I I love Japanese culture overall. Um, I definitely am drawn to Buddhism because it's a deep part of the history and culture of Japan. Um, a lot of the customs and um, how cities were formed and all the temples that surround you everywhere you go in Japan. Each one has its own uh, part history. And um, by studying the different um, sects of Buddhism, you come to get, gain greater appreciation. Um, and that's what I was finding as I studied abroad. Um, you, you learn the individual history of the temples and you see it connected to the larger picture and it becomes more and more fascinating because you see the connections with China and India. Um, there, there's many, uh, there's a lot to learn. So I'm still learning and it's a fascinating field. I like that humble attitude. You're becoming more like a Japanese as well, you know, as far as the attitude goes. And, you know, that's, that's, that's great. So you, you are telling me pretty much. So in order to understand the uh, Japanese culture and Japanese people, we cannot really avoid studying Buddhism. Is that right? Correct. That's right, Yuji. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So this week, we're going to ask this question, and I think a lot of people have been waiting for a long time. Uh, yes, we're going to ask you about the Shingon Buddhism and uh, its founder, Kukai. What is Shingon Buddhism and Kukai? Please tell us. Yes. Okay, that's a very excellent question, and one that I'm, would take many, many videos to answer in <laughs> full. <laughs> but... Uh, just uh, at a glance, Shingon is a true word, Buddhism or esoteric Buddhism. Uh, in, 
it comes from India as uh, Vasrajanya, um, or as one of the three wheels practices. It's, it focuses on tantras, which is uh, a number of rituals, chants, and physical practices that will lead you towards enlightenment. Uh, the, the founder of Shingon in Japan, his name was, as you just said, Kukai. And he played a major role in the Heian period for Buddhism. If you recall from the previous episode, you had the, the six schools of Buddhism in Nara. That was in the 700s uh, CE. Uh, the emperor, Kanmu, he changed the capital to Heian-kyo, which is modern-day Kyoto. And he wanted to uh, distance himself from the powerful religious elite of the six schools. So he sponsored um, Japanese Buddhist monks to go to China and learn fresh teachings to bring back to Japan. And among the two, uh, we have Kukai and Saicho, who we'll explore in the next episode, I believe. Um, Kukai, uh, he, uh, as a youth, he was studying to become a, gover yeah, a government bureaucrat. He was studying Confucianism and law but he was drawn to esoteric Buddhism and he, he left that career path to uh, study in mountain monasteries. Um, he, uh, he thought uh, the ultimate teaching lied in the Mahavairokana Tantra, which in Japanese is the Dainichi Kyo, the Great Sun Sutra. Uh, and he found the it was a Chinese translation, but he wanted to learn what the mysterious meaning meant. Um, so in 804 CE, uh, around the time Kanmu sent a large delegation of Japanese people to China to learn from their civilization, uh, Kukai uh, joined that delegation. He was on the same, um, he was traveling together with Saicho, though they did not meet at that time. but. Uh, Kukai was in Chang'an, which was the capital of the Tang Dynasty in China and the highest center for learning of um, Buddhism. Uh, Kukai, he had the great fortune to, uh, to have teachings from the renowned uh, priest uh, Hui Guo, who was himself a disciple of um, Amago uh, Javra, which uh, he was a translator from India in China. So uh, Kukai was just two generations or two disciples away from the direct teachings of esoteric Buddhism. Uh, he is said to have super uh, human memory. So in three years, he learned how to read Sanskrit and he learned all of the, all of the chants, all of the rituals. He brought back lots and lots of texts uh, with him back to Japan. And there he was commissioned um, by the emperor to begin the Shingon school in Mount Koya, um, over in the Kii Peninsula, just south of Kyoto. Wow, that was mouthful. And uh, we haven't even touched on um, like a, you know, like a little bit of it, right? Like only, only, you know, talk about a little bit of it. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. So, so what is exactly esoteric means? So for the people who uh, don't know anything about it? Uh, yes. Yes. Again, that's a very loaded question. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
Esoteric, uh, it's commonly known as the secret teachings. Um, you are a disciple of a master and you have to have the teachings orally transmitted to you. Uh, and th there's a number of, you have to learn um, chants. And in Kukai's case, he learned it in the original Sanskrit. Uh, th there's different songs and uh, rituals, uh, uh, physically strenuous practices, um, going out hiking in the mountains, meditating under freezing waterfalls. Uh, it's, it's a number of elaborate practices, but um, through this practice, you um, break through to your higher consciousness and you, um, and you become enlightened. And that's what Kukai was preaching. Mm, cool. So, you know, they do like a secret, like a mudras and the man mantras and the, yeah. you know, something like that, huh? Yes, yes. And, um, yeah, and the, the center of um, Shingon practice is um, the belief in uh, Dainichi Nyorai, who is Vairokana. It's, it's, uh, he is the heavenly being that transcends past, present, and future. Uh, the Shingon uh, does not claim lineage to Shakyamuni Buddha. They, they look to a higher celestial being as the holder of truth and reality. Awesome. So thank you so much. Uh, that was a really great episode. So uh, yeah, uh, if you guys think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram and like me on my Facebook because that's how we do it in the 21st century. So thank you so much, Frederick. So I'll see you next time. Thank you very much, Yuji. I'll see you next time.